Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. The show is brought to you by our generous patrons at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. Robots Radio presents The Fallout Lorecast. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast, a place for the Fallout community to come together to explore the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. On November 14th, 2017, there was an article posted to The Atlantic entitled, How the Zombie Fungus Takes Over Ants' Bodies to Control Their Minds. This was written by Ed Young, and it follows, To find the world's most sinister examples of mind control, don't look to science fiction. Instead, Go to a tropical country like Brazil and venture deep into the jungle. Find a leaf that's hanging almost exactly 25 centimeters above the forest floor. No more, no less. Now look underneath it. If you're in luck, you might find an ant clinging to the leaf's central vein, jaws clamped tight for dear life. But this ant's life is already over. And its body belongs to the zombie ant fungus. When the fungus infects a carpenter ant, it grows through the insect's body, draining it of nutrients and hijacking its mind. Over the course of a week, it compels the ant to leave the safety of its nest and ascend a nearby plant stem. It stops the ant at a height of 25 centimeters, a zone with precisely the right temperature and humidity for the fungus to grow. It forces the ant to permanently lock its mandibles around a leaf. Eventually, it sends a long stalk through the ant's head, growing into a bulbous capsule full of spores. And because the ant typically climbs a leaf that overhangs its colony's foraging trails, the fungus spores rain down onto its sisters below, zombifying them in turn.
Welcome, Vault Dwellers. This is your host, Tom or Robots. Thank you for joining me again for another episode of the Fallout Lorecast. I am discussing zombie creatures created by fungus today because that relates directly to Vault 22. Now, that article I read in the beginning is a real thing. There really are zombie ants out there that are being controlled by a fungus in their brains. This is real world stuff. This is not science fiction. I mean, there's a science fiction's versions of this, right? But this is this is legit real. If we were to all become zombies in the future, there might be something to this. Now, an ant's brain is a lot simpler than a human brain, but that's not to say that something like a fungus couldn't potentially control a human being in the future. So how does this relate to Vault 22? Well, you might remember Vault 22 from Fallout New Vegas. And like many of the vaults, Vault 22 didn't always go as planned. So Let's dig into the uh, the Gamepedia wiki article here. It says Vault 22 is one of the vaults constructed by Vault Tech Corporation in the Mojave Wasteland, thus Fallout New Vegas. That makes sense, right? It is located south-southwest of the Griffin Wares Sacked Caravan and directly west of the Thorn. By 2281, the vault home to a variety of plant life and wild animals, most notably giant mantises. Humans, the intended occupants, were nowhere to be seen. Now, why wouldn't the humans be there? Well, this is something that we discover through the game. You see, designed as a green vault, people selected for populating the vault were all dedicated to one goal, sustaining the vault population with plants grown within its confines. Some of their most successful experiments were, in fact, donated by defense contractors, such as the fungus that would eventually become the vault's undoing. Now, this makes sense. If you're going to survive for a long period of time in a subterranean vault without actual sunlight, because you know what? There might be a nuclear winter up above the surface anyway, so you're not going to get sunlight anyway. Then you need to find a way to create food, to create plants. Any animals you have in that vault, including humans, will need plants to eat. So you can't just live off of meat because you can't have animals eating not plant food. So you have to have plants, right? It just makes sense. So how do you continue to grow plants in a place with limited availability of sunlight? Well, it makes sense. Why not try fungus? Fungus naturally grows in dark places. So the the wiki goes on and says, Bivaria Mordicana was originally an entomopathogenic f- fungus. That is a great word. Entomopathogenic fungus designed for pest control. When a pest is exposed to the fungal spores, the fungus infests it and begins to colonize the host body. Sound familiar? The host eventually dies due to a failure of body functions as the colony expands through its body. However, The dead body continues to be controlled by the fungal colony, allowing it to move around and infect more pests by spraying spores around the host body. 
While effective in the long term, it still takes between 10 and 20 days to kill its prey and achieves limited effectiveness when dealing with unsocial pests. The fungus was originally developed at the X-22 Botanical Garden by the Big MT, though the technology was eventually shared with Vault-Tec Industries to enable botanical experiments at Vault-22. Now, do you guys remember the Big MT? The Big MT, like the letters M and T, or empty, is highlighted in the Old World Blues expansion to Fallout New Vegas. And very, very quickly, it is the Big Mountain Research and Development Center, alternatively known as the Big MT or Big Empty, was a privately owned pre-war defense contractor and research center located in the Southwest Commonwealth. Originally, Big MT got its name from the mountain that was above the underground center, but that mountain was vaporized sometime before the war, and the underground center became an open-air center. It serves as the game world for Old World Blues. So back to the fungus that they helped develop. I think you can probably see where this is going, even if you never played through this vault. It seems like one of those, you do enough of these um, stories in the games and you start to go, oh, this isn't going to end well, because <laughs> none of them ever do. Um, but let's continue with the wiki. As with many technologies coming out of the Big MT, the fungus was a Pandora's box. Once the vault scientists began experimenting with the fungus after the Great War, they effectively signed their death warrants. While ostensibly designed to provide effective means of long-term pest control, the fungus was perfectly capable of infecting human bodies. Fungal spores gradually spread through the vault, slowly infecting the population. The first confirmed infection was Dr. Harris Peters, who also provided insight into the development of the infection. It begins with pneumonia as the fungus invades the lungs eventually transforming into chills and fever and a terrible racking cough. The fungal colony causes the body to actively reject antifungal treatments. There's nothing you can do. Once the fungal colony takes place, takes hold, you, the treatments don't work. This leads to death due to organ failure. It's probably a really terrible way to go out. You have pneumonia. You come down with a terrible cough. You can't breathe. And then slowly your organs fail. That cannot feel good. That, ha that has got to be a terrible, terrible death. And then, and then you turn into a zombie. So, you know, that's not even the worst part. As with smaller pests, the fungal colony continues to grow and develop. Eventually, it spreads far enough to establish control over the deceased person's body, becoming a highly aggressive spore carrier, a mindless beast whose sole purpose is spreading the spores. The untreatable infection baffles the scientists and spread through the vault like wildfire. Now, this does seem similar in some ways to the scorched, what's going on with the scorched in Fallout 76. 
And this isn't the first idea that this idea shows up in pop culture. There's an article on HorrorHomeroom.com, which explains the fungal zombies, as they are called, and the films that they are related to, and uh, even some of the video games they show up in. So, <clears throat> so check this out. Some genetic history. This is specifically from that article. At first, the origin myth of the cinematic zombie was squared on the nuclear bomb and the terror of the Cold War. Then it was the ultraviolence and non-discriminating tendencies of a man-made virus post 9-11 let loose by eco-terrorists. So like 28 days later or weeks later, a mysterious patient zero narrative, Dawn of the Dead, or even the capitalist-driven biopharmaceutical company allowing safety to lapse in the name of advancement, like the Resident Evil franchise. But in films like Netflix's Cargo from 2018 and The Girl with All the Gifts from 2016, and video games like The Last of Us 2013 and Resident Evil 2017, a new breed of Walking Dead infected have taken hold of our collective consciousness, fungal zombies. So these are more recently showing up in pop culture. They, uh, I guess they don't show up, according to this article, it seems like they don't show up before about 2013 in The Last of Us. Um, Fallout New Vegas predates that. I don't know of any other, other pop culture references before Fallout New Vegas. So what, uh, what year was that? 20 or 2009, something like that. So if you guys know of any, any, uh, fungal zombies showing up in stories or movies or, or video games or anything before that date, let me know, because this seems to be a newer trend and it may be based on the discovery of these, uh, real life fungal spores, which take over things like ants and cause them to do all sorts of crazy stuff. So, um, before then, I guess maybe we didn't even have this as an idea of uh, another terrible way that we could cause humans to die and eat each other and stuff. So let's go on with Vault 22 and um, explain what else happens in the timeline. So the article goes on and says that widespread infection led to the collapse of social order in the vault. Infected humans were turned into spore carriers with the airborne fungal spores threatening the remaining living. Scientists attempted to eradicate them by igniting gas deliberately released in the lower levels of the vault. However, the release triggered an incredibly aggressive reaction from the carriers, which attacked the scientists, tearing them limb from limb. Ugh. By 2096, the vault was finally abandoned and a party of 118 survivors made way for the Zion Canyon. The dead eventually mutated into spore carriers and became stationary colonies of the fungus. The dwellers were savages. They traveled to the Zion Canyon with over 100 men and women, strong discipline, tactics and firepower. The small band of Mexican survivors camped out there posed no threat to the dwellers. They hit the survivors camp on February 11th of 2096, killing all the men and shooting down women and children that resisted. The remainder were taken to the, to the main camp of the dwellers and penned in like livestock. So basically the people who did survive from the vaults ended up doing terrible things to, uh, this group of Mexicans. Eventually they were confronted by Randall Clark and Randall wasn't sure what all the coughing was about among the vault survivors, but then it became clear that there was something else going on. Uh, and then, you know, of course, as always, it, uh, doesn't quite end great. 
you see Randall Clark discovered that the survivors, well, appear, apparent survivors of Vault 22, were killing and eating all of the Mexican survivors at the camp. And so he decided to wage war against them and basically destroy them as much as possible and eventually disappeared into the wasteland. So we don't know exactly what happened to Randall, but probably doesn't end well. That's usually how this stuff goes, right? So uh, I don't know about you guys, but I don't know what kind of zombie I would prefer to be. Um, these uh, The zombies in this story are all fungal zombies. But then there's viral zombies and then there's like mutate, mutant zombies of some sort and like voodoo zombies. Do you have a preference? If you had to be a zombie, this is the most ridiculous question. If you had to be a zombie, what type of zombie would you be? Um, I think I would be a... Uh, I don't know. Fungal zombie seems kind of gross. I don't think I would choose that one. So the rest of the vault, the rest of the story for the vault is basically it gets overrun by creatures because there are no longer humans. Um, but I would make sure if you are going to the Mojave and you are exploring and you find Vault 22, make sure you cover up, wear, wear a suit, put some breathing masks on or something. Don't go in there just breathing up all those spores because you never know. You never know if those spores are, are dormant and are going to just enlarge, lodge in your brain and then take over your body. And then who knows, maybe you'll be hanging from a leaf 25 centimeters from the ground. <laughs> that's Oh, man, that's a weird picture. OK, so one of the other things that's really notable about this vault is that there is on the fifth floor, there are multiple floors to this vault. Think pretty regular looking vault, except that it has a bunch of fungus and and creatures roaming around in it. But there is the AER-14 prototype laser rifle in the vault on the fifth floor. So what is the AER-14 prototype laser rifle? Well, according to the wiki, it says the AER-14 laser rifle was in development stages before the Great War, designed as an upgrade of the AER-9 and the AER-12 models, using the original AER-9 chassis as basis. The weapon has modified optics and focusing crystals, resulting in a more focused and destructive laser beam. As a side effect, the frequency of the amplified light is shifted, resulting in a green rather than red laser beam. So it's the, the green laser beam. I don't know if you remember this from it or if you actually found it and picked it up. But uh, just, <laughs> just having green lasers is pretty cool, let alone doing more damage. A single AER-14 prototype is confirmed as existing by 2281. This development hardware platform was lost in Vault 22 and still retains its workshop markings and jury-rigged circuit boards rigged to the stock. As the development cycle was not finished, the AER-14 has power consumption issues using up twice as much power per shot and is more fragile compared to its predecessors. And it looks pretty cool. There's, um, you know, the typical boxy-looking laser rifle image. Think about, think about how that looks. Um, but there are extra wires and circuit boards just kind of like duct taped around. It's, it's, it must have been a very early prototype because this thing is just pieced together. I mean, it's got circuit boards, like open circuit boards on the stock. So uh, 
Yeah, I guess that makes sense. It's a little bit more fragile. <laughs> but um, that wraps up Vault 22. And in order to move into the next section, this is what the laser beam sounds like. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello there, old chap. Good to see another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. Why don't we ask the newcomer? You support the news? All right, Wastelanders, Vault Dwellers, either or, uh, welcome to the show again, and thank you for tuning in. The uh, this episode dug a little bit into some pop culture references and just we just barely tipped our toes, tipped our toes, dipped our toes. You know, I try to edit some of the earlier sections of the show, but once it comes to this part where I'm just talking to you guys, sometimes my mistakes are funnier if I just leave them. So, so I'm just gonna leave tipped your toe, our toes. Oh, geez, into uh, pop culture. Anyway, all that's to say that. I have an exciting thing to mention. I am working with uh, somebody who is an expert on pop cultural references for a, it might be the next show, or it was definitely coming up soon, where we will be doing an investigation into some of the pop culture references in the Fallout series. And we're going to start with just just a few of the movies that that Fallout draws a lot from and have a discussion about that. And if you guys like it, it will be something that we will do uh, more regularly on, you know, on the reg because the lore of the games is very highly tied to pop culture references. So it makes a lot of sense to connect those two things. So stay tuned for that on a future episode. For right now, I'm going to dig into a little bit more about Emily G's question. Thank you. Okay. So back up a little bit. If you guys did not catch the last episode, Emily G uh, is our first uh, $10 a month patron on patreon.com slash fallout lorecast. Thank you again, Emily. I really appreciate the support. Um, if you are interested in supporting the show, I'm just going to plug this in right here. The best way to do it is to tell a friend or tell 10 friends. And if you don't have any friends, then I'm sorry. Come hang out in our Discord where you will make new friends. And uh, instead of telling your friends, you can leave a review on 
iTunes or whatever service you listen to this podcast on, if it allows you to leave reviews. And more importantly for me, if, you, if you'd like to support the show financially and help me pay for hosting costs and all this kind of stuff, then please go to Patreon dot com slash fallout lorecast and drop me think even consider just dropping a buck a buck a month uh will get you into the into the patreon and into the patron section of the discord and so all that's to say that emily um our first ten dollar a month patron sent in a question for a topic to discuss last week and so we addressed it a little bit and i had noted to emily that i wasn't particularly familiar with the conversation between uh, Maxon and dance in fallout four. So, uh, she sent me the clips from this, the conversation and all of it is up on the discord. So check the show notes for the discord notes in the fallout Lorecast section. And in there, if you're interested in this, and it's a really interesting question about why was it that Maxon spoilers, if you haven't done this in fallout four, but I, I mean, it's a lore show, so there's going to, we're going to be revealing stuff anyway. Right. But why did Maxon allow dance to, to, to live basically on the prompting of your character, the, your main character? Why would, why would he do that based on everything that is stated there? And, um, Emily, awesome. Uh, put together some some more thoughts on that shared some things shared the videos I was able to look over the videos and then also shared my thoughts on it and to kind of conclude this would be a lot easier if you guys just go in there and read through the stuff but my conclusion was that I believe that Maxon at that point in the conversation because you stand up for dance and because dance had had the opportunity to have done something terrible that Maxon is no longer necessarily afraid of of what dance will do or might do because he had the he had all the opportunity in the world to betray him and he didn't but he still can can't see a synth as being equivalent to a human so even if somebody like dance isn't necessarily threatening they're still not a person so that's kind of the boundary that's as far as he's willing to go and that was that was my my assessment of the situation. You might have a completely different opinion. So go ahead and check it out. Check out the clip if you haven't played through that section of the game and drop your thoughts in the Discord or share them on Twitter. Um, Fallout at Fallout Lorecast on Twitter. And you know, let us know what you think. Um, as for uh, Fallout 4 gameplay in the game, I haven't had a whole lot of time to dive back into it. I still need to try out the um, PvP mode. I've been focusing, I'm really focused on trying to get through a lot of the content in Elder Scrolls Online before the next expansion comes out in, I think it's less than two months away at this point. Um, There's so much content. I want to get through a lot of the main story stuff before the new one comes out. So I've been, I've been doubling down on that lately. I promise I will, I will get back more into Fallout, especially as uh, more of these updates come out and I have kind of more of a backlog of things I need to be doing in, in Fallout 76. So um, as always, uh, most of the time I stream, if you guys want to join me at Fallout, uh, actually, no, here's more, more brand new news. I changed the channel, officially changed the channel to twitch.tv slash robots radio. And there's no zeros in it. It's just regular letters, robots radio. And most of the time I'll stream definitely on Tuesday nights. I try to always stream on Wednesday nights. I try to stream as many nights as I can, but 
you know, sometimes life happens. So if you want to join me on there, you're welcome to jump in and hang out or join me in game. If I'm playing Fallout 76 or if I'm playing playing Elder Scrolls Online, I love to hang out with you guys or just, just see in chat. So let me know. Now on to the reviews. And I say this every week, but you have you, man, what you all are ridiculous absolutely ridiculous you're leaving so many reviews so we're gonna we're gonna chomp through these some of them are really really interesting and some of them are short and sweet so here we go with the the first first most recent one from fulton films in the u.s he says robots nose fallout things <laughs> i like i like that uh love this show it is getting me through a new job that i hate i've been there dude i know how that goes i'm so glad that i can do that for you um Robots knows his stuff, and though the show is new, he is already falling into a good tempo and rhythm through the full and many episodes that carry from episode to episode. Yeah, well, guess what? We changed that rhythm a few weeks ago, but I'm still trying to get out as much content as I can. This show is the perfect fix I need now that I live in the mountains with terrible internet and can't play 76. Oh, no, that's terrible. I'd love to hear more on the deep lore from the start of the franchise, as well as what bits of Fallout are sprinkled throughout other games from the earlier developers like the Wasteland series. This show is awesome. Keep up the good work. Yeah, at some point we're going to have to delve into uh, Wasteland and talk about similarities and differences and what things carried over from those games. So, yeah, that's whole nother whole nother bucket of things to, to dive into at some point. Uh, thank you so much for the review. Then we have... Greg Clark from Great Britain, who writes the Fallout History Podcast I Need. I heard robots on that Fallout show. Uh, hi to that Fallout show, everybody. Um, if you haven't checked out that Fallout show podcast, give them a listen. They are hilarious and they go over lots of the detail in-game stuff that I don't. So go check them out. Uh, and had to give his show a listen. After the first episode, I was hooked. Spent the next day playing the podcast channel and couldn't believe I had listened to all of them and it leaves me wanting more. All the best from Greg in Scotland. Thank you so much, Greg. Um, I'm glad you've burned through the content and <laughs> are just hungry for more. That's awesome. And then we have Jake 27, 202,700,000. There's too many zeros. Big number starts with a two and a seven. Uh, from the US, Stellar Pod. If you have a craving for Fallout while you're stuck at work or studying for school while well, you have found the right place, Robots will take you deep into Fallout lore while piquing your interests with his one-of-a-kind commentary. Well, thanks. Uh, whether it be a zany deathclaw scene or just him reacting to a review where someone calls him gay... He's not. Um, <laughs> I'm going to address this in a second. You can count on Tom to always keep you entertained with laughter and intrigue about the myster mysteries of Fallout. Listen to it uh, all, then start all over again, just because there are so many facts that you might just miss some. Come for the lore, stay for the robots. Well, thank you so much. Um, that I hope you guys, I, I got some notes about the, uh, when, when I called out the review the other day where somebody had accidentally typoed the word gay and I made like this awkward scene of it. I hope you realize that that was me making fun of the idea that I, somebody would make an awkward scene by actually being awkward and making a scene like kind of lighting a holding a candle on it anyway um i have no I have no qualms about any of that i hope that that didn't offend anybody or it was misunderstood it was just meant to be silly and so we'll move on from there so we have wickedly nate 
in the U.S. who writes, The Fallout podcast I've always wanted. Seriously, anyone who wants to know more about Fallout lore and wants a great piece to start, this is your podcast. Main episodes go over core topics in the massive lore catalog, while many episodes cover the many different uh, vaults in the game. They wrote calls, but I think they mean vaults. Topics are conversational and help peel away the many layers of waste of wasteland Ugh, that's like what you get when you walk around the wasteland and you don't get a shower you have to peel off the layers of wasteland Ugh. does not get into bethesda politics game stuff only which is amazing well you're welcome i'm keeping i'm trying to keep it on on focus i finally turned off my pip boy radio and play this while i play my fallout games can't wait to check out the stream you know that would be awesome if somebody wanted to mod in um this podcast as a radio station in uh, Fallout 4 or something. That would be crazy cool. Um, I don't know how to do that stuff, but if one of you guys does, that would be awesome. All right. So next one, Flying Monkey from the U.S. writes, great podcast. Oh, and thank you. Thank you, Wickedly Nate. I didn't say thanks at the end of that one. Thank you so much. Um, so Flying Monkey says, great podcast. It's taught me much of the Fallout world. Keep up the great work. Short and simple. Thank you, Flying Monkey. I appreciate the, the review and the, and the five-star rating. Then we have Charcoal, who uh, is from the U.S., Charcoal76, who writes Charcoal's Review. Hi, robots. I am very new to follow, and I love the simplicity of your show and how it goes in-depth without being confusing. confusing. It has given me great contacts about the Fallout series and how the events came to be in the lore. So I thank you for opening up my mind to the world of Fallout and keep up the great work of your podcast and I will be ready for when you have your newest episode. Sincerely charcoal. Thank you so much charcoal for leaving me that review and five star ratings. And we've got three more and these ones are getting shorter as we go. So we have B to the NG, I think is how you pronounce it from the U United States who writes atomically good in the games. The story is told in pieces and out of order. This podcast provides a much comprehensive and interesting method to enjoy fallout world. Uh, thank you, robots. You're welcome, B2. Thank you for leaving that review. Then we have Scott, please, PLS, uh, from Great Britain, who writes, informative and enjoyable to listen to. I discovered this show after listening to that Fallout show, another call to that Fallout show, and I've already binged through all the episodes. Another, man, you guys just like tear through this content. Robots does a great job at explaining the lore in an entertaining way, and I especially enjoy the guest episodes which help introduce different points of view. I 100% recommend this podcast to any uh, Fallout fans. And yes, thank you for the feedback about the guest uh, appearances. That is definitely something I want to continue. Um, I th I'm hoping to at least have a special, like I, I noted that before, I'm going to have a guest on to d talk about uh, the pop culture stuff, but I'm, I'm hoping to at least do one, maybe two episodes out of a month. I, I don't ever want it to become... Uh, too much of the content, but I want to strike a nice, nice balance because it is nice to have other people on and hear their perspectives. And it gives me something to think about um, differently than simply the way I research and, and interpret things as well. So uh, different people have different expertise. And of course, it's, it's always cool to hear more, more info from somebody who might be, you know, more knowledgeable than certain things than I am. Then we have our last review. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Scott. Thank you for that review. I appreciate it a lot. The last review from Lucky2B 
in the U.S. who writes, Refreshing. Finally don't have to spend my time reading through the wiki to learn about the lore. Thank you very much. Well, I'm glad I can do that for you and uh, keep it entertaining and educational. So thank you to everyone who left a rating or review. I really, 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 did I mention? I really appreciate it. And I will... See you guys next week with hopefully a special episode. And if that doesn't for some reason work out, then then we'll do another regular episode and I will dive into. Oh, it's it'll be a secret. It'll be a secret. But somebody mentioned this idea recently on the discord and they were like, hey, when are you going to jump into this topic? And I was like, hmm, that's a good idea. So I'll see you guys next time. And in the meantime, don't breathe in spores. Not a good idea. I like mushrooms as much on my pizza as the next guy, but yeah, wear a wear a gas mask. I'll see you guys later. Thanks for listening to the Fallout Lorecast. All sounds and music are owned by Bethesda Softworks, and no copyright infringement is intended. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please contact us at falloutlorecast at gmail.com or follow us and post some messages to us on Twitter at falloutlorecast. And if you'd like to support the show, tell a friend or check out the rewards you can get for becoming a patron at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. I really appreciate you listening and I'd love to hear from you soon. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.